Hello, boys and girls, and welcome to episode 245 of the Motorcycle Man podcast. And I've got another great interview for you. You're going to like this one, kids. Hey, the Motorcycle Man podcast is brought to you by Scorpion Helmets. Scorpion AXO has been dedicated to offering high-quality, innovative motorcycle helmets and technical apparel at an incredible value. And to learn more, you can go to scorpionusa.com. I have two Scorpion Helmets and I absolutely could not be any happier with them. So you go to scorpionusa.com. And Shinko Tires, regardless of what type of bike you ride, when it's time for tires for your bike, that's right, boys and girls, think of Shinko. Go to Shinko Tire USA and tell them that the Motorcycle Men sent you. I am a user of Shinko Tires, and I could not be happier, as with the helmets. They're great. Great tires, man. Uh, Wild-ass seats. Hey, listen, why ride in pain? When you can ride in absolute comfort with the help of a wild ass seat cushion. Your back will thank you and you'll enjoy a mile after a mile of cruising comfort no matter what type of motorcycle you ride. The cushion eliminates painful pressure points which suck. And the cushion also conforms to the rider's shape regardless of the weight and seating position. So you go to wild-ass.com and order today. Make sure you tell them the motorcycle men sent you and that is wild-ass.com. Dot com. That's right. Get yourself a wild ass seat cushion. And the Motorcycle Men is supporting David's Dream and Belief Cancer Foundation. If you would like to help and be a part of something that actually makes a difference, donate today to David's Dream and Believe Cancer Foundation. Go to davidsdreamandbelieve.org to donate. Links will be in the show notes and on the Motorcycle Men website. And the Gold Star Ride Foundation is helping families of fallen soldiers and making a difference in the lives of those that are left behind. If you would like to be a part of a great cause and get some heartfelt miles in, you go to goldstarride.org to donate and learn how you can participate in the next Gold Star Ride. And naturally, it's time for a word from our sponsors over at Tobacco Motor, where tobacco is known for making the best-looking riding jeans in the world. That's because they start with premium fabrics like selvage denim and canvas, and then add protective elements like comfortable anti-abrasion linings and armor now tobacco motorware makes jackets and vests and riding shirts and you've heard me say it before here many times on the podcast that i love my california riding shirt and my tobacco riding jeans i wear them on every ride i just won't ride without them not only that they every time that i wear them somebody is going to ask me about them i guarantee you that and also you can want to try their new roper gloves breathable soft leather and for me the most comfortable gloves that you'll ever wear and for added protection, check out the Wasteland Vest. Really, really cool vest. I wear it with the California riding shirt. Plenty of pockets and armor. Great addition to wear. And it's it's great. You can wear it with your California riding shirt, or you can wear it under your leather jacket on those slightly chilly days. No need to sacrifice style for safety. So go check out Tobacco Motorwear. That's TobaccoMotorwear.com. And our listeners, listen to this, boys and girls, our listeners will get 10% off your order when you use that code MOTOMEN. All right, now, everyone knows that each year we as motorcyclists have an, the opportunity to attend and be part of many, many motorcycle rallies around the world. Some are big and some are small. Some have been around for a few years and some have been going on past 50 years. Imagine that. 
There are rallies for every type of rider, and I'm sure if you devote some time to it, you can find a rally or event that suits your type of riding, your riding demographic you belong to, or something in the, lo the location that best suits you. But all the rallies that happen each and every year, there is one that nearly every rider out there has been to or wants to go to. That's right, boys and girls. I'm talking about the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. So joining me today in the V-Twin Cafe is the director of the Sturgis Rally, Mr. Jerry Cole. All right. Joining me now all the way from, uh, where are you at, Jerry? We're located. Rapid City right now, but which is right beside Sturgis. Oh, okay. 30 miles Mr. Jerry Cole, the director of the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. Jerry, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is great to be here. I am so glad that I could get you on because we have a lot to talk about. So before we really get into uh, the crux of things, why don't you tell us a little bit about your motorcycle self and actually what you do? Okay. Uh, you know, I, I grew up uh, in Nebraska and I started riding motorcycles when I was about 12 years old, as a lot of the farm kids, uh, rural country kids did. So yeah. um, I, I had my first Japanese bike that I owned when I was 15, started going on trips, uh, got into that cruiser world to uh, load up the, the bags and just head off to yeah. Colorado mountains, which were you know, not to 200 miles away. And so in the summertime, we'd take a break and go ride the motorcycles up into the mountains. Um, and I've been riding ever since. Um, lucky enough, uh, about five years ago to interview for this job. And, uh, you know, people ask me why I, why I'm the director of the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. And said, who in the events world would not want to be yeah. overseeing the greatest motorcycle rally in the world? Yeah, yeah, I think the correct answer there is who wouldn't, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So anyway, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. I, um, still riding bikes, still commuting. I live in Rapid. I go to Sturgis. I commute on my bike spring, summer, and fall. Uh, as long as the weather holds out, um, try to take a trip, uh, this past year has been tough. Although I did get out in September and, uh, cruised up to Montana and Beartooth Pass wow. and through Wyoming and Making Cody very and jealous. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so I, I still get to do that once in a while, uh, when I'm not, uh, working. Wow. Well, what do you, what do you ride anyway? Uh, I have a 2018 uh, Street Glide right now. Nice. Yeah, uh, it's uh, pearl white and uh, it's a, it's a nice bike. That's awesome. That's really good. Now, how long have you been the director of the rally now? Uh, this is my fifth year. So okay. The, yeah, this would be the uh, 80th. This would be the my my first big anniversary. So. All right. Well, let's talk about that. Why don't you tell us a little bit? And, you know, I have to imagine that probably somewhere on this planet there is somebody who has never heard of the Sturgis Rally, though I really doubt it. But for those who don't know, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Sturgis Rally and its origin and maybe some of rally history? 
1938, um, I should say probably 1937, um, a gentleman by the name of Pappy Hoyle decided to get a Indian motorcycle dealership. And uh, in 1938, in order to try to sell more motorcycles, he decided to have a race in Sturgis. And uh, nine people showed up in 1938 to race around the half-mile oval track. Mm -hmm. And that started uh, a long run um, to of, of races coming in. In around 1940... Uh, right before the war, um, probably 39, 40, they decided to do a ride up to Mount Rushmore, uh, which began kind of the annual ride into the Black Hills. In 41, 42, the rally was canceled because of the gas rationing. Sure, yeah. And it had anywhere between 50 and 100 and... 25 people attend in the next seven, eight, nine years when it started back up. Right. And then uh, back in the <clears throat> wild 50s and 60s, it started to grow and started to get into the 30,000 people mark up until about 1982. Well, with regard to with regard to the it growing like it did. How was the word spread about the rally? Mostly word of mouth. Really? And, and which is still in our surveys, the most prevalent way to hear about the rally. No kidding. More than 52% of the people hear about the rally word of mouth. However, that's going down with social media and everything. Of now. Course, but, yeah. uh, word of mouth was where it was at and in 1982 the citizens kind of got fed up with the rally or i should say around 1981 and the city council at that time said no more rally in the park and they thought okay this is the rally is going to go away the people can't come to the city park and camp and have all the debauchery that goes along with the, the rally. None of that happens there. Come on. <laughs> That's what I've been told. I wasn't around then, but I have been told. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, when the city council did that, entrepreneurs like Rod Woodruff and others said, this is an opportunity. Let's build a campground. Let's keep this thing going. So the campground started springing up. That's really when the rally took off. That's when it got above 100,000 people every year. Wow, my God. Is when the campground started marketing the rally. And entrepreneurs came in, all the vendors came in, and it just continued to grow. Wow. And then uh, the 60th anniversary, um, the 59th anniversary uh, had somewhere in the neighborhood of 100,000 people. The 60th anniversary had 600,000. Oh, my God. And it was overwhelming. And that's when, again, the city kind of stepped in and said, we have to do something to control 
traffic and the flow and what's going on because the you know it's kind of a free-for-all parking traffic flow so the city stepped in again and said let's let's organize this uh, along with the chamber of commerce and see if we can't help it out we know it's going to happen let's see if we can help it out so then it uh it leveled off to about after that leveled off to about 350,000 every year and the anniversary dates um, kept popping up until the 75th which we had about just under 750,000 people wow. in a seven day period that is amazing and if you count outside of that seven day period of the people that come before and after the rally you probably have over a million motorcyclists that attended that rally. Wow. That's so here we are today. We're doing the 80th and we were before the virus thing. We were expecting probably to beat that mark. No kidding. Uh, The campgrounds are completely full. Um, there are spaces available for dry land camping, those type of things, mm-hmm. tent camping. But most of the RVs and cabins have, have been uh, taken. There are a couple campgrounds that are actually uh, just purchased brand new cab- cabins and are bringing them in to expand that realm. So there are still cabins for sale. Motel rooms have been pretty full for the last six months. Wow. Um, if you go into the Southern Hills, which is 60 miles away, uh, or Rapid City, there's, you can still find hotel, motel rooms uh, in those places. And, it's, and that's not a bad stay if you're in Rapid City or if you're down south. Yeah. Um, in the Southern Hills is where the best riding is. Yeah. And, I mean, it's great riding everywhere, but the Southern Hills has the park, has the needles, has the Iron Mountain Road, which is world famous for all of its curves and corners. Wow. So, Well, it's on that. First and foremost, before we really get into it, the thing that's going to be on everybody's mind, is there going to be a rally this year? Right now, we are proceeding as if there is a rally and it's going to be a big one. Okay. In the city uh, of Sturgis, uh, city council just put out a a timeline matrix that has us um, in conference calls from the middle of May to the, through the first week of June with over a hundred different organizations, businesses uh, all around the Black Hills and, and around the nation, all of our sponsors. We'll sit down and we'll talk to them about what they think. You know what? What are your fears? What do you What do you think is your is your business allowing travel? Are you going to be here to set up? Are you still coming? Um, all of those questions in that t- three week time frame, we're going to try to answer with all those businesses. On June fifteenth, the council will make their decision of go, no go, or somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. And it it could be that if if there is still uh, federal government guidelines and state guidelines on social distancing, on gathering, that there could be 
some changes, but we would still have the rally. Okay. I mean, do you anticipate, uh, well, by July, things could be completely different altogether. Uh, I mean, do you think that maybe they holding off to make a decision until mid-July would be better? Um, well, I, th- I think June will give us uh, plenty of time. The, the thing, June 15th was a date that we picked um, in order to give the campgrounds and the private housing. There's a lot of uh, people with deposits on their lodging. Sure, yeah. And a lot of them around June 15th need that second half deposit to come. Right. So we're asking the lodging industry to hold off with that second half deposit till June 16th so we can make a decision. And so that way people, a lot of times, and, and this couldn't is right or wrong, but in the lodging industry, you're probably not going to get your money back if right. you don't come or if the rally is canceled. Wow. Hmm. And that's going to leave a lot of uh, bitter taste in a lot of people's mouth if that happens. Sure. We're trying to work with the lodging industry, uh, the private housing industry, the campgrounds to say, can we transfer them to next year if they want? Uh, Can we give money back? Uh, Everybody is a little different. Yeah. Um, everybody has expenses that they're expending right now sure. to get ready for the rally. And if it doesn't happen, they use that cash flow to do those uh, uh, expansions. And so they don't have the cash flow to refund right now. Right. I so, get it. Yeah. A lot, lot of ins and outs going on, and, and we're trying to work with both sides of the equation. Yeah. I have to imagine that many of the local businesses – in town, uh, in the city itself, are probably eager for this to still go on. Uh, yeah, I, I've been talking to several businesses. Um, in fact, I talked to one of the bars today, and uh, they—they're uh, 100% in. We want—we have to have this. Yeah. If we don't have this, um, our building could be sitting empty next year. Oh, that's not good. Wow. Yeah. So so I guess for the most part, we can pretty much say that the city itself is planning on moving forward as if it's going to happen anyway. Right now, yes. Good. We're, That's excellent. We're still in uh, contract negotiations for entertainment. We're still in contract negotiation with events. We're still in contract negotiation with sponsors. So... Uh, land, uh, vendors, all of those things are proceeding as normal right now. Awesome. So for the remainder of this conversation, we're talking like Sturgis is happening. That is correct. Perfect. Now, we already talked about attendance already for the rally. What do you think, what is it about the rally that makes that attendance go up each and every year? You know, I think it's, it's so hard to explain. And if you haven't been here, I haven't. And this is this is what we tell everybody uh, when we're talking to them on the phone. If you haven't been here, you cannot comprehend. Hmm. Because when you have 
50,000 people in a seven block area every day in Sturgis and you have 30,000 people at five different campgrounds every night that are putting on concert venues um, and you have 500,000 people in a 150 mile wide or long and a 75 mile wide area called the Black Hills. It's just nothing else. You could sit there, even if you weren't a motorcycle fan, you could go to a concert at night and you can come out during the day and you could sit there and watch hundreds of thousands of motorcycles go by every day. Now, do you have any idea what the, what the actual motorcycle to people ratio is? Um, you know, we don't, we don't know that. I know that about 8% that come are not motorcycle riders. Really? Wow. Yes. And that, and that has been growing the last three years because we've been marketing the concert venue. Sure. Quite, quite yeah. And, uh, but getting back to the reason why people come, there's no other party like it and there's no other riding like it in the black hills yeah so you can go out on the prairie on a long stretch of road for 50 miles and open up the throttle and just cruise or you can go in the hills and go 30 miles an hour around hairpin curves and just see these tall mountains and rock formations and waterfalls and rivers and lakes and wow just beautiful wow you make me want to be there right now <laughs> so, so you got you get people visit there from all over the world, don't you? That that is correct. Yeah. What's the? Uh, do you know what the furthest someone has traveled to be at the event? You know, I I don't know what the furthest is, but I can tell you we have people every year from mainland China. No kidding. We people. We have a very large contingent from Australia that comes. Um. The, three years ago, we had a the the top um, Chinese actor, kind of like a, uh, a Tom Cruise character. Sure, no kidding. We, uh, come to America, and they filmed here. Uh, wow. And he they brought, I think they probably bought. 30 to 40 in their delegation of film crews and everything else. And they wow. came and filmed several episodes of his show uh, here. I guess it's one of, it's the top rated show in China. Uh, wow. They gave us, they gave us copies of the show that they printed, uh, but it didn't have subtitles. So I had no idea what they were saying, but, uh, wow. but yeah, this year is going to be difficult. Uh, we've already had cancellations from uh, the Asian world and from Australia, New Zealand because of the air flights. The airlines have canceled overseas flights until August 1st. Oh, no most kidding. Of these, most of these people had airline tickets in July to get here. When they come, they generally stay three, four, five weeks and they ride around in the United oh, really? States seeing a lot of different sites. Wow. Um, so that you know that's going to be tough on us because we we probably will lose 80 90% of the overseas crowd. No kidding. Oh, that's a shame. Wow. Darn. Wow. Do you, do you get people coming up from South America as well? 
Uh, we do. Uh, in fact, uh, we've had uh, there there are several contingents, uh, and generally these people don't come up as individuals. They come up with groups, uh, motorcycle groups that they ride in other countries. Yeah. Um, we did have a motorcycle group two years ago from South America. I'm trying to think it. I think it was uh, from Bolivia that rode up through South America, through Central America, and came up to the rally. And they were a group about eight or nine. No kidding. And then rode around the United States for a while and then went back to South America. <laughs> Must be nice to have that kind of time off, huh? Yeah, but wow. uh, Canada, Canada is probably our largest out-of-country contingent. And then from there, it's uh, probably Asia, Taiwan, Japan and then Australia. I have to imagine the European market as well must uh, make the, the European trip. market um, it is big, um, especially for companies and their clientele they bring over. Yeah. Uh, one thing about the European market, they don't uh, uh, that exchange rate isn't as as good as say the Asian wow. uh, exchange rate. Mm -hmm. uh, so. Wow. Now, do you see a lot of people shipping their own bikes over, or is motorcycle rentals the way they're going? It's some of, of both. Um, most of the European Asian markets will rent through one of the rental companies. They'll fly into Los Angeles or Dallas or Miami, pick up their bikes, and then ride uh, throughout the United States into Sturgis. Wow. Wow. Like I said, is people get a lot of time off where they're from. I guess. Uh, <laughs> getting back right. to getting back to the the, the city and, and all that. Um, how does the state, the county, and the town? What's the feeling on the rally, uh, with regard to the financial and social impact it has on the area? The uh, the rally. Uh, we've been working on that. For the last uh, four or five years since I've been here, that perception. Okay. To 30% of the people here in South Dakota, the rally is a scourge upon the earth. No kidding. But to 70% of the population, it's their livelihood. Of course. Yeah. That is, in the Black Hills, are a tourism industry. We have people coming from all over the world just to the Black Hills, not so much to the Sturges, but just to the Black Hills with vacations mm -hmm. because Mount Rushmore is located here. Crazy Horse is located here. Sure. Devil's Tower is located here. Um, Custer State Park, who is worldwide famous, is located here. So it's a tourism industry in itself. So there, there are lots of attractions that when the rally hits, they're their people their numbers go way down yeah because they're a family attraction right and the bikers generally don't go to the family attractions so I see. they you know they find it kind of hard but most of the lodging industry and other the restaurants and the lodging and everything there's an uptick that they have to count on and that's their bump for their profit every year right right now as far as it goes for the publicity is there a little negative edge to the publicity that they're getting? 
um, to the publicity. Well, the publicity yeah. of the rally and how it affects the area. Is there, is that looked oh. down upon? You know, it, it might, might have used to be looked down upon a little bit yeah. um, because of the clientele that used to come. Sure. However, in the last 20 years, that clientele has changed over to uh, doctors, lawyers, um, <laughs> yeah, white collar. Uh, you know, we have probably fifty percent white collar, fifty percent blue collar now. Oh wow! It used that? to be it used to be all blue collar uh, rally, and uh, so it has become. And I think that's the reason that it's grown as well. Yeah, is because the white collar. I mean, it's, it's tough to afford a fifty-four thousand dollar Harley anymore. <laughs> on a blue collar no, you, you think? <laughs> uh, wow. So, yeah, we have a little bit. But the rally, most people look at it as a necessity that needs to happen in order for the state to continue to grow. The rally puts in almost $850 million into the economy, economy every really? year. Um, just, just under 5% of the state's budget. Wow. Um, on one event. Um, so if you take that factor out of there, it hurts a lot of people. This that year, we probably, this year we, yeah, we probably without the virus this year, we probably would have gotten to a billion dollar economic impact. Wow. So you're probably looking in at somebody $500 million range this year. Probably. Yeah. Wow. Still, that's nothing to shake a stick at. That's, that's amazing. No. The, the act, rally could be the event that saves the industry if we can have it. That is amazing. Wow. I, I had no idea that that much money poured into South Dakota during that event that that's just amazing why wouldn't anybody want that to come to south dakota right right that's crazy now let's talk about let's talk about your staff like how many uh, with how many people does it take to get this going four <laughs> seriously i had I, I imagine like 300 people doing well, it, it ends up to be over 300 people. Oh, okay. But there are four, I have three other staff besides myself that works on the rally year-round. Um, what would people don't know mostly, or that people don't know, is that we also do 32 other events throughout the year. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Wow, so you are busy. So we, we do... Um, we do Camaro Rally. We do Supermoto in the streets of Sturgis. We do Off-Road Rally. So we do other events besides the rally. But wow. I have three other people that work on the rally. And again, when we talk about the rally, the rally is different. It's not, it's not like a gated event where we control everything or sure. run everything. Right. We... We develop most of the events within inside the city limits. The campgrounds work on their their events and all of their music and everything 
through through them. So we don't we interact with them, but we don't advise them. They do what they pretty much want to do. So it's not when you when you look at it, we we do all the traffic planning uh, inside the city limits. We work with the state uh, DOT to help plan for traffic outside the city. Uh, but the DOT actually does that plan. The counties do a plan. Um, the events, we have rides, we have shows, uh, we have bands all throughout the city. And um, we, we develop all of that. So those things, my team develops. Now, when it gets closer to the rally, then we bring in our public works crew who does all the garbage they plan for the garbage pickup they plan for all the haulers and all the people that work there we have the code enforcement for all the licensing aspects um, we have finance and we have state revenue that comes in for all the taxes collection all the license selling um, when we get to that point we have all the part-time people that we hire for the towers for our headquarters for our catering for all of that we grow to 300 to 400 people by the time the rally gets here the first wow. day of the rally wow and that's not that's not counting the police officers the police officers are another um 150 city cops that we hire we have a force of about 20 uh year round and then we hire about 150 to come in for the rally we also work with the uh, state uh, law enforcement agencies. We look work with the county law enforcement agencies, and we work for, with federal law enforcement agencies because they're all here as well. Wow! And, really? and it's all a, it's all a coordination. So, um, you know, because of where our past has been, and because of some of the trouble that has sure. happened in right. the past, all of those agencies coordinate with us and each other uh, to make the rally happen. Wow. That is, whew, holy crap. So, so basically the, the individual venues, they are, they operate independent of themselves of, during the, for the planning that is of this. correct. Wow. So like places like the Buffalo chip and anything, any other campgrounds, they, do they coordinate with you? Um, we did we talk monthly um you know finding out mm. a lot of the campgrounds uh because everything is proprietary mm. it won't divulge a lot until they actually divulge it <laughs> to everybody so you'll um, know when they know <laughs> they, a lot of times that is correct but we work with the buffalo chip we work with uh, full throttle saloon and Pappy Hoyle, yeah glencoe and the rest of the campgrounds you know trying to uh, help ease uh, their fears and try to work things out with them. Yes. Wow. I have to imagine that their individual populations must be just crazy out there. Yeah. Um, about 52% of all rally go goers stay at a campground. Yeah. Wow. So if, if you're talking 500,000 people that come to the rally, 250 thousand two hundred sixty thousand of those people are staying in a campground somewhere in the black hills now 
the Buffalo Chip, the Pappy Hoyles, and the Glencoe's are the biggest venues right. out there. Yeah. And they probably have anywhere between twenty and 40,000 people at each of those campgrounds a night. Ooh. Wow. And then, all the, and then the other campgrounds are spread out and have anywhere between 150 to 10,000 people at their campgrounds. That, How do you manage the trash? Um, the trash, uh, we, a week before the rally begins, all the trash cans are in place. Yeah. Each of the businesses, uh, in Sturgis has a directive of what they need to do with their trash. And we place all the containers in specified areas at 2 AM. The bars close every night. As soon as the bars close, then the trash haulers come out. They pick up all the trash. Uh, they uh, clean all the streets. Uh, all the streets are washed down and and then uh, brushed. Wow. Uh, the trash is hauled to uh, Belfouche, uh, which is 30 miles away every night uh, in large trucks and dumped in the dump. Wow. Then, uh, then we do it all over again every night. The trash, the public works, they start before the rally. They start doing this process before the rally. Yeah. So every night at 2 a.m. when the bars close, you must be off of Main Street and all the other streets. Your bikes have to be gone or else they'll get towed. And uh, the cleaners come in, and by 7 a.m., you would have thought there wasn't a party the night before. How about that? Now, I have to imagine also that there are supply trucks coming in every day to service yeah. the venues that are in town. That's correct. Uh, and each year, we uh, in, in July before the rally, we sat down with all the, all the haulers, and everything because what happens or what tends to happen is that we get trucks in the alleys unloading and and other trucks can't get through so then we have backups between 2 a.m and 7 a.m but it's managed we've got it down to a pretty good science to where you know we do, we do have uh, city police that uh, man the alleys and try to help the trucks out, but we have beer trucks and soda trucks and food trucks and sure. ice trucks and you name it. We have going up and down the alleys. The We make the alleys one way starting at 2 a.m. So, and, and before 2 a.m., you cannot have a truck anywhere in the alley. So during the daytime, if you need something, you've got to run off site and you got to bring it in and unload it because you can't get a service truck down an alley during the daytime. Well, so I have to imagine all these trucks, they're prohibited from coming into town during the day. Not so much prohibited, uh, just in the downtown corridor um, in the alleys. Now they could come in and they can put a whole bunch of stuff on a dolly and wheel it over to one of the vendors or one of the bars if they yeah. wanted to, if, they, if it was needed. And then they do almost every day. You know they can they can park outside the downtown core, and then well, some um, people 
some people will have a ATV. Yeah. And they'll load the ATV up and, and, and drive it in. And you can drive ATVs on uh, the crossroads, um, on some of the crossroads, and get to the venues. So. Wow. I'm sure, well, I'm sure if a beer truck needed some beer moved, there'd be plenty of bikers there to help them there'd do it. There'd be some volunteers for that. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about lodging for a while. Uh, we, we talked about it very briefly there. As far as it goes, what are some of the options in the area for those thinking of attending for the first time? Are there I, There's hotels, guest houses, uh, bed and breakfasts, I imagine, uh, VRB, or maybe some Airbnbs. Are those things prevalent in town? Uh, they, they are. Um, my, my first piece of advice would make sure that you are renting from a a bona fide place. Okay. Because there are some unscrupulous people out there in this world. No. Who will take pictures of houses and say, this house is for rent. <laughs> and you get there and you don't have a house. You paid all that money, but you don't have a house. <laughs> right. um, so my first piece of advice is make sure it's legitimate. Okay. And in order to do that, go to Sturgis Motorcycle Rally.com. We have private housing, or go to Black Hills Vacation. They provide um, first timers with uh, all the advice they can use. So go to our website, go to our Facebook, social media, and you can find the correct stuff because there's a lot of people out there that uh, we'll take know, advantage of. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Especially in the anniversary years, they'll do that. Well, like you said, the, the primary thing that everybody's doing is they're camping when they're going out there. Yeah, 52% will uh, will camp. Now, are there places like like bed and breakfasts or vacation rentals? There, that people there can are. Earn? Yeah. There are vacation rentals. Um, the uh, VRBOs, yeah. um, Airbnb, um those have come online in the last three, four years, and then they're a big part of the business out there. And there's some very nice houses. If you have a group of 10, you can find a house that's not too far outside of Sturgis in a beautiful area and, and have a great vacation uh, and, a, and a place to look at the mountains and trees and water. Yeah. I have to imagine most of those places are already booked up, though. A lot of those are already booked. That is correct. Wow. Uh, let's go on to, uh, things to do. Uh, where's the best place to be for non-riding activities for things to do is either in town or at one of the other venues in the bar. (laughs) 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 All right. That's pretty much it. Good in town. (laughs) Um, here's what I, here's what I would suggest. If you're a non-rider and you want to come, uh, Come, come into Sturgis before noon and okay. watch it fill up, watch all the bikes fill up and just walk around the eight block area because there's probably 1,200 to 2,000 different stores and you really can't see it all in one day. Really? So plan on spending three, four hours, taking some of the local entertainment starts in some of the bars downtown at noon. So you can sit and watch a, a good band. We have, uh, you know, 
we have over 250 concerts every year with all the campgrounds and downtown Sturgis and all the venues. Right. So that's a large amount of concerts sure. uh, going on. I mean, it's, it's like South by Southwest, but go over the list of the bands. There might be a band that you want to see at, uh, and that's during the daytime. Uh, you can go, you can drive your car into Sturgis. You can drive your car anywhere in, in the Black Hills. Um, you can go visit Mount Rushmore's uh, Sundance. I mean, you can do the same thing you can do on a motorcycle. Yeah. Uh, but if you do have a car, you want to get there in the morning to find parking just outside of downtown. Yeah. And parking generally costs 10 bucks for most of the day until 5 o'clock and then and, another $10 after that. So well, it's not, not bad. Well, with regard to the parking, do you have like dedicated parking lots for people who want to drive their cars there? Uh, we do. Oh, um, what uh, what happens every year is uh, the churches as fundraisers and some of the banks um, and other venues will open up their parking lot. They will do that as fundraisers. So oh no kidding, that's um, great. So if you, you we have several churches that are real close to the downtown uh, corridor, uh, you can find a parking space in there. Pay them ten bucks. That's their fundraiser for the year, and they make wow. uh, they make a uh, you know quite a bit of money to help out the church or the school or whatever. Sure. Well, now you had brought something up which sparked a question in my head. You were talking about some of the businesses in town. How many businesses don't exist outside of the rally? Now, as the rally comes into town, all of a sudden now you have all these vendors in town. You get a lot of that. Uh, yeah, uh, we have. And that's one, you know, that's that's a big concern of our um, city uh, council is the empty buildings outside of the rally. Mm -hmm. Because um, a lot of the property owners are absent owners. So they're from Texas or and they just bought the property just for the rally. Right which sometimes just blows my mind that you can spend that much on property and just have it open for 15 days a year and, and make money on it. But uh, I don't know. But, what they're, their but they're also paying tax. They're also but evidently it works. Yeah. But they're also paying taxes on that piece of property. Yeah, sitting there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of our properties do that. And some of our businesses uh, that are, in those buildings have leases for 10 months or nine and a half months a year. And they have to move out by July 1st and they can move back in at the end of August. So oh, some of our wow. year round businesses have to move out and don't have a business for two months while the property owners come in and set up vending shops. Well, that's a little inconvenient. Yes, it is. Uh, but it, it happens. And, uh, you know, the city council is trying to figure that out. How do we make a viable downtown year round? Yeah. Wow. I mean, we're a community just like any other community in the United States. And, and a lot of communities are doing the same thing. How, how do they make a viable downtown year round? We've got a problem, but because we bring a half million people in every August, uh, yeah. that our, our prices have skyrocketed in the downtown corridor and only the 
people from out of state can purchase those properties and hmm. and use them yeah. two weeks or month out of the year. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the riding in in the area. Is are there organized rides that are uh, set up and where, where and held? Where do they leave from in town, or, or are these organized rides set up by some of the vendors that come into town? Yeah, um, so, some of the organized rides are set up by uh, other venues. The Buffalo Chip has organized rides. Sure. The, the Full Throttle has organized rides. We actually do an organized ride about every day of the rally oh good um last year um knowing that people started coming earlier they want to come the week before and and not get into all the uh, hubbub of the rally during the week um i started a director's ride uh the wednesday before the rally starts for people who don't have a chance to do one of the rides and then uh, we have a mayor's ride we have a military ride on a military appreciation ride uh, we hold um, the, the rides that have really taken off are the ride with the local we have local riders okay that each day will lead out a ride to their favorite uh, ride in the hills Nice. And these rides, we can only take 25 bikes uh, on these rides. And we have uh, two locals, one on the front, one on the back, uh, that will take a ride out each day. And it's a very convenient way, low price, if you're a first-timer, to sign up. And the problem is that those rides fill up as soon as we open them up. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. Um, so getting in them, you have to, you have to be aware of that beforehand or else get on a waiting list and we might be able to get you in if somebody counsels. Are there, Uh, are there unguided rides available? Uh, we have, uh, maps on the website, uh, Uh, you can go there and you can find different rides that, uh, are known as the classics, uh, Iron Mountain Road, uh, um, Custer State Park and the Wildlife Loop. Where mm-hmm. you wanna, if you want to see buffalo, want to get scared to hell out of buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've had a couple of buffalo chase motorcycles, so oh, it's that's... not going <laughs> to be a little nervous down there. Yeah, wow. Um, but our, I think the probably the the biggest ride, the most famous ride, is our mayor's ride. Yeah. Uh, the mayor's ride every year. Um, uh, fills up. We have 300 bikes. It's wow. a police. It's a police escorted ride because we have uh, VIPs and dignitaries from around the world on this ride every year. Um, we work with the Department of Transportation. We work with the State Patrol. Mm-hmm. We work with all the county sheriff's offices. The mayor's ride takes off. And leaves from Sturgis and goes to Mount Rushmore, Crazy Horse, and ends up at Custer State Park where we have a lunch. Um, Two years ago, um, the State Patrol uh, started putting, we have helicopter um, visuals on the ride. 
we have, you'll see this, this and, and all the traffic is stopped. So this ride, wherever it goes, the state patrol is clearing the roads. Wow. So, yeah. So all the intersections, you get the blow through. And uh, wow. not only that, but the, the swag bag that you get from us and our sponsors uh, is worth every penny that you pay for this ride. No kidding. So, yeah, it's the swag bag is kind of the big thing. It's like the Oscars, you know, the actors <laughs> get the swag bag that's valued at incredible amounts of money. So wow. that's one of the things that we do for that ride. So would you say that that is the ride that you got to do when you come to Sturgis? If, if you only had a chance to do one ride, that would be the ride that I would I would go on because you, you have celebrities, you have all these corporations, yeah. CEOs, uh, you have me, you know, you have the mayor. You're the most important of them all. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> Actually, I don't get to. I have never rode in the mayor's ride. What? Because I, yeah, uh, I, I, I have to leapfrog the ride and coordinate with the state patrol and all of the venues that we're stopping at in oh, order wow. to, and I'll, because we have, you know, we have three hundred plus bikes, we have limos, we have sponsor vehicles. Um, fire trucks, ambulances. So I have to coordinate all the parking. So I'm, I'm leapfrogging ahead of, ah. we, we've done the route so I can get through the Black Hills in time to get ahead of them each time. I get it. I, I got one word for you. Delegate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk, let's talk about the, the manufacturers. Um, do you know who is going to be coming with their wares to the rally this year? Well, you know, almost every year we have uh, the main uh, motorcycle industry uh, businesses, the uh, you know Harley Davidson, Indian, um, the OEMs. A lot of the OEMs will be here, sure. um, whether it's BMW or Ducati, uh, uh, they'll be here. Um, Anything and everything that has to do with motorcycle, JP cycles are here. Sure. And they, every, um, all these, all these people, all these manufacturers and uh, industry uh, motorcycle related businesses, they all set up in town, right? Right in the city. A, a lot of them do. Wow. Uh, a lot of them have two or three different venues that they set up. Okay. So some will be set up in Sturgis, some will be set up at Black Hills Harley Davidson in Rapid City, which they have kind of a small rally of their own with a hundred plus vendors there. Right. Wow. Uh, the buff, some will be set up at the Buffalo chip or the Pappy Hoyle campground. Some will be set up in Deadwood. There'll be vendors in Hill city. Um, so it just depends on where you think you can grab that market and want to be, Yeah. you know, the, the, Pricing of land, of course, Main Street, uh, legendary Main Street of Sturgis is the highest price rental property oh, there course, is yeah. every year. And on the 80th, it, it goes up. Uh, and then it kind of spreads out from there. And the further you away from you get from downtown Sturgis, the lower the price of land. So if you're a 
a small startup company or a, a medium-sized company and and you have uh, $50,000 in your budget, uh, you can probably aren't going to be on Main Street. You're probably going to be outside of Main Street mm-hmm. or at another venue. Um, and when I say $50,000, what I mean is that the land doesn't cost $50,000, but you have all of those staff members you got to put up a thousand feet. Sure, yeah. And and so there's a lot of logistics to every one of those businesses. And so the average expenditure for a brand is going to be $50,000 just to be in Sturgis. Right. Land is part of it, but staff is part of it. But I have to imagine that the amount of exposure that any one of these places is going to get is going to be immense. Well, you have to look at it on, on the on the branding. There's only a few venues around the world that you can go and have a 500,000-person captive audience. Right, right. Wow. So that's, that's why they do it. That's why yeah. they want to be this is this is the motorcycle world yeah that comes to Sturgis and everything is available um, whether it's a part whether it's a bike whether it's clothing you can you can get it at Sturgis and a lot of times since Sturgis is in August all the new stuff has been out yeah and everything goes on sale because next year's lines are starting to come in already sure. You're right. Yeah. So you can get a pretty good price on a lot of different things. Wow. Now, I mean, this is a question I'm directing directly at you. Do you get any time at all during the rally to just walk up and down Main Street and just check things out? I do. Oh, good. I do. Um, probably around 7 o'clock in the evening. Uh, I and my staff will get together and we'll walk up and down LaZelle and Main Street, look at and visit. Uh, During the day, it's pretty rushed, uh, trying to uh, all the demands, whether it be from sponsors or caterers or whatever that we're dealing with or bands or uh, we have several different venues ourselves that we run. So. Uh, we have the rally headquarters that we run and we have a lot of different, uh, we have uh, several different pieces of land with vendors on it. So all of those we have to coordinate during the day by seven o'clock, everybody's pretty much closed down and we have uh, a get together. We kind of go over everything. Sure. What happened today? What do we need to do different tomorrow? What do we, you know, is there a street that needs to be closed down because an event's coming in tomorrow? How are we going to handle that? Generally, my time is from 4 a.m. in the morning until 11 o'clock at night. Wow, that's a long day. For, for probably 15 days. And my staff, my, most of my staff is, my, my three full-timers are about the same. Because, you know, we're the ones that have to set up for the next day's sure. events. We have to get everything ready if it's not ready already. Wow. Um, just so... You know, five, between five o'clock and eight o'clock is is when we kind of just kind of relax, go down. We have supper somewhere, dinner somewhere, and mm-hmm. then 
talk about the day's activities, the next day's activities. We'll go back to the office and, wow. and discuss things. And well, you brought up a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart: food. Do you, food. <laughs> I imagine you get a lot of different vendors coming from all over the place, bringing their food. Do you have a favorite? Well, uh, I would say each year one of my favorites is the Sweeto Burrito at the Iron Horse Saloon. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> the Sweeto awesome Burrito. Sweet <laughs> the Sweeto Burrito. burrito. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to try. But <laughs> there are... Um, they're they're a pretty famous North Dakota outfit that comes in and yeah. people line up for a long round the block sometimes to get a sweet burrito. Really? No kidding. A giant giant burrito is very good. And and the Iron Horse is a must see anyway. So. Yeah. I mean, there must be there's like hundreds of food vendors at this every year, right? There, there are. Uh, in the last uh, uh, three years, uh, we have put on food competitions oh okay so we've we brought in judges uh culinary experts from outside which has actually ramped up the, the food vendors no kidding uh so we have uh <laughs> we have people vying for the top prize every year oh wow yeah <laughs> what about so, what about food trucks uh we have food trucks they uh we had um we had one food truck about three years ago, four years ago. Sweeto Burrito is a food truck. Okay. Um, and now, uh, the last couple of years, there's actually been a whole property of food trucks that are on it. So if you want, and and you know the food trucks are amazing food anyway. Oh sure, yeah. And so it's really one of one of the great places to go. Um, we have. We, we do have the vendors that you'll see at all the state fairs, yeah. uh, those vendors that travel around and set up. And we have those, and, and they're really good as well. But uh, with the competition, uh, the food competition, uh, everything is ramped up. All of the, not all of the bars, but most of the bars downtown, we have the Loud American, the Knuckle, um the side hack, all of those, the iron horse, they have incredible food. I mean, yeah. they're known for their food anyway. Wow. <laughs> um, so if you want a burger that's just out of this world, you can get it. If you want steak tips, you can get them. Um, <laughs> Making me hungry. The, I haven't eaten dinner yet. <laughs> yeah, the, the food uh, venue uh, in the bars are limited uh, yeah. during Outside of the rally, they have full menus, but during the rally, they have to limit it to about three or four items. I see. I just get it. so they can, because if if you walk into a bar, it's generally uh, shoulder to shoulder in there, and, and no it's kidding. Gonna be, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, and that's one of our concerns with this year's rally. How do we how do we operate that? Yeah. Uh, with the restrictions in place right now hopefully sure. there won't be any restrictions but no hopefully not but yeah. uh, let's talk about some of the events that you got going on for uh, that you have scheduled for 2020 have all the performers been announced already um you know they haven't okay. uh, we have quite a few of the uh name bands um that have been announced but they're still uh, the Buffalo Chip still have announcements coming. Uh, right. Papi Hoyle 
uh, Full Throttle still has announcements coming. Right. So we're excited uh, for them. But, I mean, if, if you're a younger generation, uh, we have Puddle of Mud and Shinedown coming in. Um, we have uh, Leonard Skinner. Yep, all-time uh, favorite. Old, yep. Colt Ford. Um, Ario Speedwagon. Of course. If, if you're into classics, uh, there's some great classics. Um, uh, of course, every year we have uh, um, uh, Jackal at the Full <laughs> Throttle. They <laughs> come course. in and they play. I mean, that's the house band there. And, yeah. and they have some new releases out right now. So I think they're going to be a big hit. We have Willie Nelson coming in. We have ZZ Top coming in. Yeah. Um, Hairball. I don't know if you've heard of Hairball. No. <laughs> Hairball is a classic in the Midwest. No kidding. They, yeah, they're, they're one of those, uh, outside of the Midwest, you probably haven't heard of them, but they put on a hell of a show. And if no. you get a chance to see them, that's, we got Skillet and 10 years. Um, uh, all of those are incredible bands that you would go to a concert, any venue to go see. What's the number one thing for somebody who's first attending the rally? What's the number one thing that they should be doing? The rally is really safe if if you're aware of your surroundings. As when you get that many people in any space, you're going to have things. So I would say the number one thing is to be aware at all times um, to be safe. The other thing would be never drink and ride. No, of course not. Right. We have, I mean, we tell people that and... Every year we have accidents uh, related to the alcohol or other, but and obey all the traffic rules because the police presence in the Black Hills is such that they are looking for people that are not obeying the law. Right. If you obey the law, the police are not going to bother you whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but if you're speeding, if you're doing anything else, just obey the law and you'll be fine. Yeah. Have fun. Uh, visit. You're not going to see everything. No. There's no way you can you can spend the entire ten days, and you will not be able to see everything in the Black Hills. Wow. Don't spend too many late nights and get up <laughs> early the next day. Yeah. You know, party all you want, but get up early the next day. Get out on the road at. 8 o'clock in the morning, 7.30 in the morning. And if you can do that when you're by yourself and you can cruise to the hills, yeah. the most beautiful time in the world. I can imagine. If, if you wait until 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock, it, it gets to be a zoo in places. <laughs> okay. Um, the, uh, if you want to do a ride, early morning is the best. All right. Um, park your bike. Late afternoon, if you're going to start drinking and stay where you're at in place yeah. um, and just have a party there. There you go. Now, you had mentioned earlier that uh, some people do show up days before and go on rides. When when do people start showing up at Sturgis? Like, is a week before too early? No, not necessarily. Uh, we have people that come a week before a week before and spend the entire two weeks. Really? Oh, wow. The... Full throttle, 
Yeah. Uh, the weekend before the rally has a big off-road rally out there, ATVs. So oh, okay. if you're trailering uh, your bikes and you're bringing your ATV, we have uh, we have 3,000 miles of dirt uh, track for wow, really? ATVs in the Black Hills. So uh, a lot of people are starting to find that out, and they're starting to come early, starting to ride ATVs. Because, I mean, you can ride every day, and it's great, but you need some other things to do as well. Yeah, There's a lot of ATV rentals in the hills. You can yeah. rent an ATV and just go off into the hills during the day. Mm-hmm. It's a great diversion from being on the motorcycle as well. Right. Well, so I hear stories about the uh, about the weather. How does the weather generally treat everybody while during the rally? The South Dakota is sunshine, eighty degrees every day. Um, it's it's beautiful. We don't have any weather besides that. I've never seen any weather besides that. Why do I think um, you're lying to me? <laughs> actually, the Black Hills are a mountain range. Yeah. And just like any other mountain range in the world, at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, thunderheads are going to develop somewhere. Yeah. And you just need to keep an eye out because yeah, right. when they start developing and they start growing, you can have not only the lightning but you can have the two and three inch hailstorms that will put you off your bike um we've we've had hailstorms before that have been six eight inches deep that you couldn't ride your bike in wow. fact i got caught in one of the, i got caught in one of those last summer that you just couldn't ride and for two hours i had to wait until it passed Uh, and wait for it to melt enough that I could just ride on the highway again. So be aware of your surroundings. Be checking, download the weather app of some type and be alert. Sure. Uh, We should have, the Sturgis Rally should have an app out this year as well. So we will have push notifications. Okay. uh, and, And weather warnings that come over that as well. So be alert and the thunderstorms a lot of times if you're alert you can see where they're popping up at and you can ride around them. all right well but if you're in your campground in your tent in the middle of the night and it hits and, <laughs> and it's a little bit scary <laughs> there have been tents destroyed <laughs> I mean, hopefully no bikes been destroyed with hail uh, I'm, I'm guessing there has been but oh boy, be uh, you know in the last couple of years we've been fairly lucky We've only had like one hailstorm or two hailstorms that have come through. Yeah, I, I've known other years uh, in the past that there's been some pretty good hailstorms almost every day. Yikes! Uh, but you know, we we can't we, can't control we can't the weather. Predict. Yeah. No. Nope. All right. So, how can people learn more about the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally and make plans to attend? www.sturgismotorcyclerally.com is the best source of information. Uh, you can also sign up for our newsletter, which comes out about every two weeks uh, with information and questions. And all of the venues, uh, you know, if you're if you're staying at one of the venues, they have 
uh, FQs on all their websites as well. So first time riders, where you should ride, how to stay, you know, if you're camping, what to bring, if you're staying in a motel, what can you bring? Um, so all of that information on any of the, uh, any of the venue websites on our website, uh, you'll find information. Excellent. Any last bits of advice you can give to any potential attendees or, you know, for people who are thinking about going for their first time? Come to enjoy the greatest party on earth in the motorcycle world, but stay safe while you do it. And uh, we hope to see you. And if you get here, say hi. Uh, all of my staff runs around in uh, event T-shirts, so you'll know one of my staff if you need anything. Um, just pull them aside and say, hey, I got a question. Um, or else rally headquarters. Uh, you can find out all your questions there. Mm -hmm. Any of the visitor centers uh, in the Black Hills, you can stop and, and they'll help you out as well. Uh, we're a very friendly uh uh, Black Hills community here, and everybody uh, uh, will help you um, with anything that you need here. So Perfect. Well, Jerry, I want to thank you very much for joining me here on the podcast to tell us all about the Sturgis Rally. Uh, don't go anywhere. I want to talk to you afterwards. But, again, thank you very much for uh, joining us here. I'll give us the dates one more time of the rally. August 7th through the 16th. Perfect. It's the 80th anniversary, and it's going to be a big one. Beautiful. Excellent. Jerry, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for joining Jerry and I here in the V-Twin Cafe, where we talked on the podcast about the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. Hey, to learn more about the rally, you can go to SturgisMotorcycleRally.com. That's SturgisMotorcycleRally.com. I know it's a lot to swallow, but you can do it. I'll put links in the show notes and, of course, on the Motorcycle Men website at MotorcycleMen.us. And don't forget, you can also email us, if you like, at MotormenPC at gmail.com. Hey, listen, don't forget to check out our fellow podcasters, YouTubers, bloggers, and vloggers, whose links you will find on our links page. All of these media outlets and many more out there do great things to promote and encourage our sport and passion. All right, coming up on the next episode of the Motorcycle Men Podcast, we're going to have another great interview with YouTuber Jess. And she has her channel. It's called Her Two Wheels. So make sure you check that out. And me and the boys will be back in the V-Twin Cafe in the weeks to come also to give you another 90 minutes of absolute silliness and who knows what else. All right, thanks for joining me, kids. This has been the Motorcycle Men Podcast. I am Ted, your host. Thank you for listening and remember. We say stupid crap so you don't have to. Enjoy your ride, kids.